You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Handmade CEO, Episode 2. Today will be a quick dive into my handmade journey with Willow and Bee. Do you remember those bright and colorful beads that were in the shape of a fidget spinner, kind of like a triangle but smaller? Those little beads were one of the first things that I would craft with when I was a little girl. At 8 years old, I would spend hours beating these little guys onto string to make necklaces, bracelets, and bookmarks. I would also string them onto pipe cleaners and make candy canes for Christmas trees, and heaven knows, I probably made other amazing things with them too. After this phase was over, I put my beading skills away for 21 years. At this point, 21 years later, my mom suggested something to me entirely out of the blue. She said, I think you should make jewelry and sell it at Von Mar. Granted, she said all of that in Spanish, but either way, I'm not sure what caused her to suggest this to me, but I listened. I went to the craft store, bought a few beads, and made a tiny bracelet. I didn't have any idea what to do with it, so I tucked it away with my craft supplies. Once my daughter Nadia was in preschool and my son Ethan was in second grade, I realized that I had time to be creative again. I dove headfirst into volunteering at their school. As luck would have it, I was needed most in the preschool classroom. Since the school's gala was fast approaching, I took the task of helping the preschoolers make rosaries for their auction. I had so much fun doing this project, so I started making rosaries for friends that needed them as gifts. As Nadia watched and started seeing more beads come in the mail, she asked me to make her some jewelry. I started making bracelets and necklaces that were free of toxic paint and metals and safe for her to wear. The following year, Kelly, a friend and a Girl Scout troop leader, asked if I would hold a workshop for the second grade Girl Scouts that were making their first communion. I was elated. Not only was I making jewelry, but I was also going to teach the second graders how to make their first communion bracelets. This event was so much fun and continues to be one of the best things that I get to do all year. But let me take a step back. I mentioned earlier that I was making rosaries for the first communicants. This is when I decided to open up my Etsy shop. I had heard about Etsy from watching the Martha Stewart show in 2008. Nadia and I would devour every episode whenever we could. On this one particular day, Martha, the original handmade CEO queen, was featuring another handmade CEO, Emily Martin. Emily made dolls and sold them on Etsy. I believe her shop name was The Black Apple. I was super excited to find that there was a magical online platform where people could sell things that they made with their own two hands. Although I learned about Etsy during that show, it took me two years to open my shop. It wasn't until my kids were in school that I realized that this could be my platform. I made a rosary for my friend Naomi, and she graciously agreed to buy it from me on Etsy. With a little panic on the side, I quickly opened a shop to list and sell this rosary. I kind of laugh looking back because the picture that I took for this listing was horrible. I don't think I had a logo and my branding was non-existent. I've always been a just do it and figure out the details later kind of girl. 
Not that it hasn't burned me at times, but sometimes it's just better to jump in and figure it out later. Anyhow, this is how things had gotten started. After watching Emily on Martha's show in 2008, I found and followed her shop on Etsy. Somehow the stars aligned and I had the chance to read an article where she was featured. It was that article that helped me put so much of what I do today into perspective. She mentioned that it took around three years to get things going in her business. When I read that, I had just opened my Etsy shop and I didn't realize that at the time I had entered a very seasonal business. It was during the lull in my first year that I remembered her words. These wise words kept me from questioning my journey too much. I knew that in time my business would start to grow. Year two was better during the busy season, which for me is mid-February to June, but again, those quiet months from July through January made me wonder if I was on the right path. With a little hard work and a whole lot of commitment, each year got better and better, and it was in year three that I started to see a big difference in my orders. I began offering customization on all my pieces. This small tweak gave my shop a surge of visitors, and it was in year three that I decided to fulfill my mom's prophecy and I contacted Von Mar. Now, I'm not saying that writing the email was easy or that I felt ready, but I couldn't possibly wait until I was ready. I hadn't defined what being ready was, so how would I ever know if and when I would ever be ready? In the late of the night with sweaty hands and a faint heart, I typed up my email and hit send. I doubt that I slept a wink that night, and I think I checked a few times to make sure that I even sent the email. I'll never forget the email that I received in return. It said that I had emailed the wrong department, but that they would forward the email to the correct buyer. I was ecstatic. They didn't file my email in the trash bin, so that was a huge win. Eventually, I was asked to send my pieces in for review, which created another bellyache. And it felt like an eternity before I received a reply. But in January of 2014, Nadia and I celebrated with the girls' spa night at a hotel. And the next day, we visited my pieces at Von Mar. It was surreal to see the jewelry that I had made in my little office studio sitting there on the counter of a national retailer. What made it extra special was that my busy little bee Nadia was there with me to enjoy the moment. In the years that followed, I paid close attention to other opportunities. I was super excited yet again when a family friend, Ron, mentioned that Amazon was opening a division dedicated entirely to handmade items. He suggested that I take a look at it. I quickly filled out an application and in a few weeks started selling on Amazon Handmade. Despite the success on Etsy and Amazon, my goal was to have my own site and not depend on other platforms. So this last year, I got my shop up and running on Shopify. As I mentioned in the first episode, what began as a fun project has now become a business that provides not only income, but also great lessons for both Ethan and Nadia. I love that at times the whole family is involved. From tying ribbons to getting my items mailed out, it takes a lot to get hundreds of packages mailed out over those few months. Even though my business is seasonal, I'm now working on a retail schedule too. This added schedule means that I receive my big order in September and I need to have my pieces finished and out the door by the end of the year. So in essence, my seasonal business has extended itself a few months longer. In the beginning, I was so disappointed with the time that I had off, 
but now I see it as a complete blessing. Those quiet moments allow me to create pieces in advance for the busy season, to travel, and to find new ways of growing. If you find yourself with extra time on your hands, be sure to fill it with learning as much as possible about marketing, keywords, and the platforms that you sell on. I'm still discovering new things on Etsy and Amazon, and because both platforms continue to make updates, it's important to stay up to date with the new changes. One of the biggest struggles for me was deciding if and when I should hire help. I grew up with a father that worked as a sous chef for over 40 years. He always ingrained in me the importance of keeping costs down and of not being wasteful. I think it took me a few years of feeling burnt out to realize that I had completely misunderstood his message. By hiring help, I was able to be more productive, which of course is the opposite of being wasteful. Two years ago, I hired a friend and this past year, I recruited my mom to help in everything from cutting ribbon to beading. I can't forget to mention that Justin, my husband, has been a huge part of the team. Once I started to need help, but not enough to hire someone. He was there to keep things running smoothly, from standing in long lines at the post office to making sure life stayed on schedule. He's been there every step of the way. Starting and running WOMB has been fun, exhausting, overwhelming, and gratifying all at once. Now for the fun stuff. Here are a few lessons that I learned that I hope will make your journey a little less bumpier. Test the market and give it three years. I started my business after I saw that there was a demand for the pieces that I was making. I gave it at least three years to see if this thing was going to work. Embrace the ups and downs and remember that every failure is teaching you something. Sell what your customers are asking for. I decided to grow my business from selling rosaries to include first communion jewelry and more than doubled my results by adding customizations. Do you like customized items? Chances are your customers do too. So remember, try and think like your customer. Just do it. Sometimes done is better than perfect. A lot of times we put off the things that we know will move the needle the most just so we can dilly-daddle with picking out the right font, making business cards, or getting the logo colors just right. I know those things are essential, but try to focus on taking action on the things that are going to give you results first then work on the pretty stuff. Stick to one thing. This one is so difficult for me, but try to avoid the I can do that too syndrome. Even if you can make or sell several items, it's essential to let the ones that your customers are looking for shine the most. If you have a passion for making something else, try testing the market first and then create a new page or site for that item. For that reason, I have removed all pieces from my site that are not faith-based or First Communion related. I still make custom items upon request or for gifts, but I don't have them in my shop. Here's a good quote to keep in mind. You can do anything, but you shouldn't do everything. Time off is a gift. Embrace the time that you have off. I wonder if teachers feel anxious about their summers like I used to during my quiet months. I highly doubt it. I used to wallow in the months that were not busy, but believe me, this was the wrong way to look at it. I now find that those are my most productive times. Use that time to learn a new skill, order products, make pieces in advance, perfect the color on your logo, make calls to gain new accounts, start a podcast. But whatever you do, don't stop trying to get your business off the ground. 
I have seen people begin before me that have quit, and I have seen others that have started after me and have been hugely successful. The best thing you can do for yourself is to find someone that you admire or in a similar field and try to read everything that you can about their story. As the great Tony Robbins said, if you want to achieve success, all you need to do is find a way to model those who have already succeeded. I've heard others say success leaves clues. There is no need to reinvent the wheel. If you can learn from those that have already taken the leap, why not use their advice and experiences as a shortcut? Get in motion. Take action. The last piece of advice is to be a doer, a maker, a producer. Don't just be a consumer. It's great to consume as much knowledge as possible, but then take action. This goes for everything. If you read that it's good to start drinking more water, then do it. If you know it's important to limit your time on electronics, then set limits. If you feel stuck and unmotivated, then start moving. If you have a good idea brewing in your mind, begin investigating the details and take action. Don't let the little things take over and keep you from doing those big things that will give you results. There you have it, my friend, a quick glimpse of the journey that has been 10 years in the making. I hope you found this story motivating and feel empowered to know that you can do it too. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job 